0: Put the scripture up Hebrews 4 verse 16 um, and it says this let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in uh, for a uh, grace to help in times of need and I I just we got through part of this and really we we talked about the throne of grace the throne of grace is that place where Jesus is. It's that place where in the old covenant, it's talking about the mercy seat and the Ark of the Covenant. Um, it, now it's talking about the throne of grace. We come, who's in the throne of grace? Jesus is at the throne of grace. Um, and, 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 and this is an incredible place. What is grace? Grace is that free, unmerited favor where God pours out his grace upon our lives. And we can come boldly to that place. You know, We don't have to come begging and scraping. We come boldly. We come with a head held high. Um, You say, but you don't know what I've done. But the Bible says we come to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Mercy is what those things that you do not deserve that God gives you. You don't deserve forgiveness, but he gives it to you. Ola and um, Jalia, our newly married couple, we just want to welcome you. Absolutely brilliant. Good to have you here you broken your arm. No, okay. Oliver, <laughs> did you duck in time? No, anyway. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Let's get back to the sermon. Um, mercy, mercy is God not giving you what you should have. We know that the wages of sin is death, but in his mercy, he says, no, I took it for them. We know that there are things that we do in life and consequences that should follow, but he says, no, I'm intervening. I'm not going to give you what you deserve. But grace is giving you over an abundant of the things of God that he wants to pour out in our life that he says you do deserve. You deserve this, and you deserve my favor, and you deserve my, my love. You deserve it. And he just keeps on giving and pouring out. And here we see that we can come th- boldly to the throne of grace. So whatever you've done, whatever you've been, whatever the situation of your life, you in your natural may feel you failed. But when you come before God, he said, you're not a failure because I see you in Christ. I don't look at you as the sin that you committed a moment ago. I look at you in Christ. God looks at us Christ worthy. He looks at us as if we had never sinned, as if we'd never made a mistake in our life. Isn't that good news? No wonder the gospel of Jesus Christ is called good news. Because we all remember each other's mistakes if we knew them. Well, Jane remembers my mistakes, and I know hers, and I could easily remind her of her mistakes. But I extend mercy. (laughs) Anyway, let's not go down that line. I I I make more mistakes than Jane does, and she's more <laughs> gracious than I am. Anyway. <sighs> oh, so we obtain we obtain this thing called mercy. It's not, we don't we, we don't deserve it, but we obtain it. Ob, this word obtain means we have it immediately. It it's it's given to us. We receive what is offered, we obtain it now now, the, the, the moment we, we enter the presence of God, the moment we cry out to God, the moment we say, I'm sorry, forgive me, bang, forgiven, washed clean, never existed in the eyes of God. Our issue is we remember it, and we feel guilty, we feel condemned, and then the enemy comes along and starts whispering in our ear, you're a failure, you're no good, you're and, and, and then you feel worthless. That's how it works. But God doesn't operate the way the enemy does. He does not operate the way we do. He operates in mercy and grace being poured out into our life. Let's listen to uh, or, or read this passage of Scripture in, in Titus chapter 3. And Paul is, 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 is speaking here and, and he's sharing some incredible truths. But when the goodness and kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind Appeared in human form as the man Jesus Christ, he saved us. You know, we may think, Oh, he didn't save me until 2,000 years later. Do you know what? God knows all things, he knew that you would get saved in 2022 or in 1995. Whenever you found the Lord, he knew that, and when he died on the cross, he already knew when you would get saved. He knew you before you were born. He knew the journey of your life. Nothing is a surprise for God um, because he knows all things. He's out of time. You know, trying to understand that God is out of time, we can't do that very easily because we are in time. We are controlled by time. If I go past 12 o'clock this morning, everybody's tummy will start rumbling. Why? Because it's time for church to end. It's time for me to eat. We're in time, but God is outside time, He loves us so much that he saved us, not because of anything righteous that we did or that we've done, but because of his own compassion and mercy. He saved you because of his mercy, Divina. He looked at your life and said, I love her so much. I not only died for her, but I'm going to see that she sees me and gets saved. It's that journey of love for every one of us where we encounter the cross, we encounter his forgiveness, and we can't help but fall in love with him. It's a beauty of salvation. It's the beauty of Christianity. But it goes on and says, you know, he, because of his own compassion and mercy, and it goes on, He says, and by the cleansing of the new birth, spiritual transformation regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. Do you know what? He, the key is God knows we can't do this journey on our own. So he says, I'm going to even help you in this journey of Christianity, even though you've been transformed on the inside, that now Christ is in you, your natural self, your flesh, your soul will still get in the way. But I'm going to help you by the new birth and spiritual transformation, and regeneration, and the renewing of the Holy Spirit in your life on a day-to-day basis. How, how often we need to say, God, help me. How many times over the years have we turned around and said, I've got myself in a hole. I don't know how I got here, but God, help me out. I don't know why all this is happening around me, but help me through this journey right now. And in his mercy, he says, I'm here to help in time of need. That's what this scripture is all about. You know, it, Jesus didn't come for those who had it all together. He didn't come for those who were healthy. He said, I've come for the sick. I've come for the needy. I've come for those who need me. Hands up if you don't need him. <laughs> That's a trick question, that wasn't it? I think it's going to be the other way around. We all do every way, me included, I need him daily. And he's here to help by giving us the Holy Spirit on the inside. The miracle of salvation, the beauty of what Jesus has done is something that we need to outwork in our life, allowing him by the presence of the Spirit to help us day after day. So going back to our key verse, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. We've done that. That we may have mercy. We've done that. But let's not forget it. To find, to find grace and help in time of need. It's like I, I've, I've, if I turn around to you and said, I've hidden £25,000 in the room. But you've got to find it. You've, <laughs> Stephen's found it already. But you now have got to go and find it. Okay, you've got three seconds. I'll count down, then go and find it. Some of you would just sit there and, th- no, you haven't done that. Do you know what? Some of us think God's not done that for me. He won't, he won't, he won't forgive me of this. He, won't, he doesn't cover that part. Of- he has. If I've hidden 25,000 pounds in this room, there's some who would just sit back and say, well, don't believe him. You're right, because I haven't got 25,000. <laughs> in all honesty, I don't have that. <laughs> but if I did, and it was hidden in the room, there's some who would be up immediately. You'll be, you'd be pulling things apart. It'd be a, you wouldn't be gently looking around. It'd be like everything would be flying, because you know I'm a man of my word. Do you know what? God is a man, a God, he's God of his own word. Do we have that kind of belief? If I said I've hidden £25,000 in the room, you would probably say, no, you haven't, (laughs) because we ain't got it. But others in the room would say, I trust that man. I believe it's in this room. But I'm a man. God says, I'm not a man that I should lie. How much more can we trust him with what he said in his word? To find grace, finding grace, Finding grace. Are we finding the grace of God? Are we finding the grace in our day-to-day living? Are we finding his grace to to that free see this is how we've defined grace. Free, unearned, unmerited favor. Everyone anyone heard that statement before? It is the free, unmerited, unearned favor of God in our life. Wonderful. But it is actually so much more. And we're gonna go into that a little bit more. Because actually it is that plus. Are you ready for the plus? This is the plus. Grace is his supernatural enablement or the power of God to live in the will of God or to live out the will of God. It is the power of God in us, on us, to, to live out the will of God. I need more grace. I want more. I hunger. I hunger for an understanding of this grace that we have. Because the Bible tells us, and we're going to get to it a little bit later, he heaps grace upon us. Grace upon grace. It's not just, I receive, I got saved by grace. But it's an ongoing outpouring of grace upon our life. A free, unmerited, divine favor of God. But also the supernatural empowerment of God for our daily lives. To me, you almost, I think that is even more exciting than the free unmerited favor, the divine empowerment to live out the will of God in my life. That's amazing. So there are two expressions of grace, saving grace and empowering grace. And every human life, every one of us that trusts in Jesus has been given the choice to live in the grace or to live by one's own ability. Where do we sit in this journey? How are we living a surrendered life? Jesus, help me to live not by my will, but yours be done. Jesus he embodies this thought. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and, and he's praying, and he says, I don't want to go through with this. I don't want to go through with the cross and he said lord if there's any other way but your will be done not mine he was looking for an opportunity it was so horrendous what he was about to go through he knew what he was about to enter encounter and he said if there was any other way but not my will yours be done Very often we say, Lord, my will be done, and would you bless it? That's not the right way. It's his will. See, we can live, the the greatest, one of the greatest gifts that God has given to us is the power of choice, or the ability to live with choice. You you can choose the person that you marry, you can choose uh, the house that you live in, you can choose the car that you drive in, you can choose the speed that you drive at. Grace is there for you to choose. The law is there to prohibit that. Grace is there for you to choose what you do with the law. I'm looking at a lot of lawbreakers. I can see the guilt in your face. There is guilt all over the room, but never mind. Grace, My grace is sufficient for you, Jesus said. But maybe we just need to obey the laws of the land... Anyway, <clears throat> guess what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane? Uh, so the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve said, I'm going to do this my way. God had already said, do not take the fruit that's in the midst of the garden. But along come the voices, you won't get caught. I've heard that recently going in a car at 85 mile an hour. I won't get caught but I'm scared. I'm not in control of this car. This is the first time I've gone over the speed limit with you. Anyway, um, it's those moments in life that we say, we can choose to break laws or we can choose to walk by grace. Come on, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to stamp on your grace this morning because we shouldn't frustrate the grace of God, should we? We should be law-abiding citizens. But in the Garden of Eden, Eve was tempted, nudged Adam, and said, let's eat together of the fruit. In other words, let's do it our way, not God's way. And that same mentality has been in humankind ever since. I want to do things my way. You look at a child. As a child... A child will scream at 2 o'clock in the morning, or baby, Nathan, will, whatever baby, we'll blame every child, will cry at 2 o'clock in the morning, being totally selfish, doesn't care that mum was up or dad was up a few hours ago. They will cry and, and until they are satisfied, changed, and fed. That is selfishness. Yeah. It's born and bred in babies, all <laughs> right? It happened to you all. You were all selfish and then you get to the, the toddlers, you know, the, the, what they call them, the terrible twos, the ter- terrible, or the terrifying threesomes, or whatever they call them, but it doesn't stop there, it carries on into teenage years, and you think, what, what have I produced? <laughs> Scott loves them. Anyway. I didn't intend for this to be a funny message at all anyway so they get to teenagers and they say they they get to this age I want to do it my way It used to be at 16 it used to be I I had this conversation with someone the other day at 25 when you became so-called an adult many years ago children children were classed as children still at 21 you wait till you're 25 before you can get married then it became 21, and then it became 18, and then it became 16, and who knows where it goes? Q+. plus. Anyway. Ooh. Anyway. Um. Adam and Eve. The heart becomes, I'll do it my way. Society around us is saying, children can choose what they want to do with their own bodies. Let them do what they want to do. Let them do it their way. A child cannot choose its sexual desire and sexual preference at seven. That is not right ever. Hmm. But we will do it, society says, we'll do it our way. That's not God's way. We'll do it our way. We, when we choose God, we say, I'm going to live a surrendered life. I'm going to do it your way. Your will be done. Your principles still stand your word is my guide, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. And there is a huge difference between saying I'm going to do it my way, which is Adam and Eve's way, which is the fall of mankind and the human race, it's the fall of which brought sin and the sin nature in, or we do it his way, Yahweh's way, your way be done in my life. We all have a choice every day of our life when you do break the speed limit, you are saying, I will do it my way. I'm in control. God says, okay, get on with it. My grace is still here, but you're frustrating it. Anyway, enough of that with drivers. I could go on, on TV programs. <clears throat> I could go down I could go down all sorts of avenues. Well the music you listen to. Oh, you know, I love heavy metal. Well, you may do, but does God? Is it going to feed your soul? Is it going to feed your heart? Is it going to corrupt what you believe? I, I could tread all over your toes with everything in life. All right? But is it glorifying God? The key to everything that we do, is it glorifying God? I could go down the line of, I ate too much yesterday. We could go down and have, how much we eat. Bible talks about the sin of gluttony. Like I say, I could go down every avenue. Are oh, we living a balanced Christian life where we glorify God in all that we do? That's it's so key that we do that. Or otherwise, we just look and say, oh, it's only the bad sins that are bad sins. My sin doesn't matter too much. No, Jesus died for the bad sins, and, the, and they're not so bad. He died for it all. Covered everything. His grace is there for each one of us. So are we living a life that frustrates the grace of God or gives praise and glorifies the grace of God? The truth is, God wants to shower your life with his favor. I'm not talking about you know you go into some motels, hotels, or some people's homes. Not that I go into people's homes and have a shower. But you go into a shower and the water just dribbles through the the shower thing. And you think, I've been in a few hotel places and you think, what sort of a shower is that? You may have one of those showers. But that's not the kind of shower that God wants to shower out his blessing on your life. He wants to power shower you. With a rain shower, you know, the rain showers, those great big rain showers. He wants to power shower you with a rain shower. That's how his grace wants to be poured out on your life. Just shower. You know, there there, there was an old song that we used to say, well, I used to, no, not that one. Um, Mercy drops are flowing. I think, hang on, no, it's not mercy drops. I love the song, but it's not mercy drops. He's showering us. He's, m- he's monsooning. If you've been out in the rain in the summer recently, it's monsooning. <laughs> Such a relevant word, isn't this? I was, out, I was out yesterday. We went to Arundel. to play pitch and putt. We got there about midday. Monsoon <laughs> rain. We had picnic in the car. But all afternoon playing pitch and putt was beautiful sunshine. The Lord's signs on the righteous... And and on the unrighteous alike, the Bible says, right? So he wants to pour out showers of blessing. Showers of blessing. Do you believe me? Let me read this, John. This is John the Baptist speaking. This is John, the beloved, writing what John had said. In John one verse sixteen, for out of his full, out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace. I don't know if you've ever seen superabundance, but that's a lot. It's a lot more than abundance, superabundance. For out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace and truth, we have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift let that sink in. Have a sealer moment, as the Bible would say in Psalms. A super abundance of favor, of grace, heaped upon heap. I, when I was a kid, um, and my parents used to do extravagant Christmas, Christmases. And we, we used to come down and look at the Christmas tree and first thing well, it wasn't the first thing in the morning we had stock in, then we came down, and then there was the presence around the tree, and it was like there was, a, there was a, an ocean of presence. It's like there was presence heaped upon presence. And, and I wanted to keep that tradition going for our family, and obviously we had a huge one, and, and it was ridiculous. It, it got to a stage where we said, This is silly. You know, there's six children with a partner or a, a wife or. Someone in their life and in the journey. So that was 12. And then there's grandkids. We've got 11 of those. And you know, our, our Christmas day could end up being 20, I think it was 20 odd the other year. So this is ridiculous. If each child person got a present from each person, you're talking about 80 presents. And it's, there's not room in my house. But it got me thinking about this scripture gift heaped upon gift, favor heaped upon. And I thought, our Christmas. That is exactly what he wants to do for every one of us. Just He's a God who keeps on giving. He's a God who keeps on giving out and giving out and giving out. He wants that same heart to be our heart, that we just keep on giving of who we are, not only back to him, but to each other as the body of Christ as well. We're forgiven by his mercy and justified by his grace. We can say it so easy and so flippantly. We're forgiven by his mercy. That cost him so much. We're justified by his grace. Just as if i would never sinned. That is just an amazing gift given to us. just as if i would never sinned i know me and i know my life i know the failures and the wrongs that i've done but when god looks at me he sees none of it because jesus stood or stands in my way when god looks at me he sees jesus Eddie, can I ask a favor? Can I ask you to come here for a moment? You're gonna play, you're gonna play the Jesus moment. See, I may have stolen from the church. <gasps> I, I may have refused to pray for somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I may have drunken all the communion wine. Oh, good job it's not alcoholic stuff, is it? I, I, I shook my fist at someone as I was driving in the church this morning. But when God looks at me, he sees Jesus in the way. Isn't that amazing? Okay, don't get too big for your boots. You're not Jesus, all right jesus in you (laughs) but isn't that amazing god through his covenant with jesus when he looks at your life he sees jesus that's why we are hidden in him i I feel shaky (laughs) i don't normally feel shaky when i preach that is a revelation to someone in this room When God looks at you, he doesn't see you or your issues. They have been washed in the blood. Is that a license to carry on sinning? No, it's a great reason to stop sinning because of what he did for you and I. Let me read this, and then we're almost finished. Ephesians 2 says this, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our sins or our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. It's just amazing. No wonder the, the guy who wrote it wrote it. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. See, if I could sing, I would have sung it. His grace. His grace. It saves us. It keeps us. It empowers us. It empowers us to live the life that Jesus wants for us. That's the grace part. To find grace to help. That word help in the he, in the Greek is Beathua or Beathia. And it refers to a person responding to a cry of help. Just imagine you're walking along in, in the high, high street late at night coming home from a prayer meeting. And you're walking home and all of a sudden you hear someone cry out, Help! You think it's late, it's dark, I'm on my own. But you know what? The word help It means to stop what you're doing, to turn, and to go to one person, to that person's assistance. The analogy actually is, is if you're in a war situation and you're going towards the enemy and one of your comrades falls because he's been shot, you stop, you go to his help. That's what happens. When we go to the throne of grace, God looks at your situation, and He says, "I'm coming alongside to help." Isn't that beautiful? No. No wonder we have the Holy Spirit as the Paraclete, or the Helper, or the Comforter, the One who comes alongside. The Bible said He's the One who comes alongside to help in times of need. When we're going through our darkest moment, he said, I am there and I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will walk with you through this journey. That's why God, that's why Jesus had to go back to heaven because there was only one who walked on the earth and that's Jesus. And he said, but if I go, I will send the Holy Spirit and he will be with you and he'll never leave you. Walking through the valley of Bacca. And we cry out, we turn our eyes to Jesus and say, help! He said, here I am. Because I am an ever-present help in time of need. His grace is poured out, readily available, always for you and for me. Last scripture, it says this in 2 Timothy 2. You, therefore, my son... Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. There's an encouragement to all of us. Oh, we can know what grace is, but are we living strong in the grace of God? Are we living strong in the truths that we know? Paul was telling Timothy here, God has already empowered you. Now you act and bring into evidence that which God has already empowered you with. And that's the same call to each one of us. Come on, live and be strong in the grace of God in your life. My last thought is this. Grace is much more than unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor. It is that And you can expect that. By God's grace, he gave it to me. By God's grace, I didn't deserve Jane, but he gave me her. And I am forever grateful. The the land that we go to to do the baptisms, I didn't deserve the key to that land and go there and have a picnic whenever I like. I didn't deserve that. But by God's grace, he gave it to us as a key. It's not my land. I don't own it. But he graced us with the key to go there whenever we want. We could never have afforded that. We could never have dreamed that up in a million years. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. It was free, unmerited favor. I didn't deserve this as the calling. If you knew me before salvation, before knowing God, you would never have sat here in church listening to me. I didn't earn this. And I didn't deserve it, but God called me to it. And I'm so thankful that the gifts and the callings of God are irreproachable They will never be taken away. God's grace is much more than just unmerited favor. It is the supernatural empowerment, living by his presence and moving in his power. That is their for every one of us, I want to close this morning. I want to pray. I want to pray for anybody in the room that doesn't know Jesus personally, that you've never opened your heart and said, Come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. When you hear a message like this morning, and I, and I trust it's blessed you and you've understood it, but it is life changing. It took me as an individual as a sinner who attended churches to find young ladies that I could date. I was a young man looking for young ladies. It could sound really weird otherwise, can it? I was a young, single man going to churches looking for young, single ladies who was out of control in his head. Ran around with a Magnum Python gun in a holster, wanting to blow the kneecaps off the drug dealers, had nunchucks and cheese wires and ninja stars and ninja suit, was nutty in his head. But God, transformed by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, hated everybody, black or white, Scottish or Welsh. I hated everybody except my older brother. Hated But when God got a hold of my life, he took a heart of stone and the Bible says he gives me a heart of flesh. And it was transformation, total. And that's, I can't explain it. It was God. I can't explain my journey. I was a postman delivering letters. Now I'm a postman for God, delivering his word. I can't explain it, but it's him. He wants to get a hold of your life and bring that same transformation, that same change of heart in your life. It came by one moment when I prayed the sinner's prayer and I asked Jesus to come into my heart. And that's one reason why on a regular basis we pray the sinner's prayer and just encourage people to pray it and respond to God. And I'm going to do the same again today. So I'm going to ask everyone to pray it nice and loud. There may be someone in the room, you may be a visitor, you may have grown up in church and you've never made a personal decision for you in your life. But today's an opportunity for you to do so. So we're going to pray, gonna ask everyone to pray along with me, um, nice and loud, so that no one feels embarrassed in praying this prayer, but it could change your life forever. So let's pray. Jesus, I ask you today to come into my heart, to be my Lord and my Savior to forgive me of my sin, my mistakes, and my failures. Today, I choose you. I choose your way. I choose your mercy and grace. Come into my heart today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. While every head is bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to count to three, and if you prayed that prayer today, I'm going to ask you to respond just simply by putting up your hand and popping it back down. We've got a Bible and we've got some information we'd like to give you, and we'd like to pray with you. If you prayed that prayer and you prayed it sincerely today, I'm going to count to three and pop your hand up. One, two, three. If you prayed that prayer, pop up your hand. Thank you, I see your hand at the back there. I see your hand over here. I see your hand over here. Is there anybody else? Three hands have gone up this morning wanting to make Jesus Lord of their life or coming back to him in their life. I thank you. You'll see that hand as well. Four people responding in the room. Is there anybody else? You feel your heart thumping. You feel your hands sweating. You think, oh. Is there anybody that wants to join these four people this morning? god loves you let me just count down from five if you want to respond in those five seconds please feel free to do five four three two one father we pray for all those that have responded to you today those that are responding for the first time, those that are responding to your word, those that are responding because they're making you Lord and Savior for the very first time. Lord, pour out your incredible love, your mercy, and your grace. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.